Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, we answer the question, what's the best meal plan to gain muscle? We cover how much should I eat, what should I eat, and when. We even get into age and the role it plays in gaining muscle. Hey Christine, today I'd like to talk about what a lot of people are searching on Google. One of the main terms that people are searching is meal plan to gain muscle. And basically there's a bunch of questions under that that people are sort of subcategories of questions. So I thought I'd fire them at you through this episode and we'll just get your take on them. So let's just start with a little bit of a summary on um, the best meal plan to gain muscle, yeah? Okay. The best meal meal plan to gain muscle is obviously one which has enough protein and calories to support that muscle growth. Going into a meal plan though, they obviously want to look at the structure of what else is at the meals and how many times a day you're eating and all of those kind of things. So I'll start off by talking about protein because we associate protein with muscle, of course, and it is a key thing that if you're not having enough protein, you're not going to grow muscle. So that's why I'll focus on that first. So protein, there's a a bit of a rule of thumb when you're trying to gain muscle that people will look at somewhere between one and 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So converting that into kilograms, you're looking at somewhere between say 2.2 to 2.6 grams per kilo of body weight. So I think in a lot of cases, that's a lot more than what people expect. Because yeah, yeah, a lot of it is because in, um, in Australia in particular, on all of the nutritional panels or on food products, a lot of the main companies or the major companies have adopted this system where they'll give things, a, you know, a, a health star rating and they'll talk about protein as a percentage of your daily intake. But that's based on 12% of your calories coming from protein, mm-hmm. which is for a sedentary person who's not trying to grow muscle, who's just trying to maintain that's the, you know, the current thinking. And now it is changing, of course, because that's, a, you know, diets like the CSIRO and, and just a lot of diets are saying, okay, more protein, even if you're not physically active, is a lot better for you. And and 12% is maintenance. Like that's going to stop you from dying and stop you from getting sick. So when you look on a product and it says, oh, it's got 10 grams of protein in it and that's, you know, a quarter of your daily needs or something, it when we start talking in these numbers of, you know, 2.2 grams per kilo body weight, 2.5 grams per kilo body weight, that's, you know, far, far, far above what these numbers are. So I think that's where there's a big discrepancy is what mainstream um, food education is and what you need to grow muscle and even what just, you know, more up-to-date health is talking about. So what does that actually look like though? So let's take 100 kilo person because that's a nice easy number to work with. Mm-hmm. So that person potentially needs to have 220 grams of protein per day. Which is a lot of scoops of protein powder, but of it, course you're going to put actual food protein yeah. in the mix as well. Of course, you're going yeah. to have a mixture of both. And I think that's one of the key things as well is that you're not getting your protein all from one particular source. So variety, and I know we've talked about that a lot in the past, but variety is a big key thing. But just coming back to the protein, if you're thinking about 220 grams of protein, how do you actually consume that? Because it's it's a one hell of a big meal if you're trying mm. to have it all at one meal. So ideally what most people do when they're trying to gain weight or gain muscle in particular 
is that they break that up into smaller portions and they have anywhere between five and six or even seven meals a day is is the most common way to do that. Now, I know that that's some of the sub questions that are going to come up, so we'll probably go over this a few times, but a meal plan would look at having your protein that you need for a day split across as a more a higher number of meals. So minimum being about five. So even then you're looking at 40 to 45 grams of protein in a meal, which is that's still a pretty decent amount to have to get in. And that's where, you know, six and seven can become more practical because then you're working with, say, 30 to 35 grams of protein at a meal. And one of the key things when it comes to gaining muscle is you have to, it has to be practical and you have to be able to do it. And some people are better off eating bigger meals because that suits them. And other people don't have as, uh, I guess, the stomach volume or don't have the tolerance and don't, and find it quite difficult to eat bigger meals. So it has to be what suits you. You know, like you, you might have to experiment a little bit and figure out what works best for you. Some people like to eat more in the morning, less at night. Some people it's the opposite. Some people it doesn't matter. It's just a meal's a meal. So find what works for you, but make sure that you get that adequate amount of protein. So that's one of the, the fundamental things of a meal plan to help you gain muscle is making sure that you have enough protein. Now, the right type of protein is another thing. So obviously, at the right time. The right time and the right type. Yeah. So the right time is like the exact time isn't so critical. Obviously, pre and post-workout gets talked about a lot, having the, the right amount of protein after you've done your weight training session to, to have proper synthesis of muscle. But in the big scheme of things, when you're trying to gain muscle, it is an overall what you consume throughout the day still is very important. Okay. And as I say, you always, like the day is a cyclic, it's a, it's a circular thing. You start at midnight and it always comes back to midnight and it just continues around and around and it's not a linear timeline. So a day doesn't like the, the end of one day is the start of the next day mm-hmm. is essentially what I'm saying. So in that 24 hour period, what you're doing in that is impacting what's to come and can also be helping with recovery of what's gone. So always remember that, that if you kind of, I guess, mess up, miss a meal, can't get it exactly the right time. Whilst it's ideal to have it at, you know, similar times every day, it's not the end of the world. If you do have to double up one meal, skip a meal, do that type of thing. Like it's secondary to just making sure that in that 24-hour period you have the right amount of protein. That's the priority in terms of whether you're got to get stuck on having it at the right time versus just making sure that you do have the right amount. So mm-hmm. that's if I had to choose between those two. And then obviously you have the type. So if you are training, you do want to have something which is more rapidly absorbed after you've trained because you're, you are taking advantage of that situation where your body needs it very, very quickly. So you got, your WPIs, your isolates. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. And then again, that's where Amino Charge WPI was designed for that post-workout mm-hmm. meal. At nighttime, however, you don't want to have that. You want to have something which does digest more slowly so that you're not, you know, basically putting yourself into that catabolic situation where you're, you've stored all the amino acids that were in your blood. Your body's gone, okay, great, we'll pack these away. These are for be, to be stored because it's gone and hit the system quite quickly when it's slowly so is that releasing something more like a blend like a synergy or a yeah. plant protein or yeah. yeah yeah so plants more of a medium so it'll be doing some of the job your um your blends where you have your casein included in those blends is definitely your nighttime type protein and that's going to carry you through for around about that eight hour period so that's why those are really really good for nighttime they can also be used through the day because they have shorter acting proteins as well in terms of a timing but in terms of food um steak obviously is already meat in general is quite long to digest, quite slow to digest. And then you have your chicken and your fish 
at the that you know none of those are as quick as a WPI, but they're all sitting in around about that same as the plant protein in terms of being a more of a medium digestion type protein. And obviously, that being the you know the third part of it, when it comes to the best meal plan to gain muscle, some people will do fine with one protein shake. You know that that's all they need to do. But majority of people who need to eat that amount of protein will find that they might need to supplement, say, two or even three meals a day with protein to be able to get that amount of protein because it's really it's hard going. Because remember, with if you're trying to get thirty grams of protein from chicken, that's not thirty grams of chicken. 100 grams of chicken has 20 grams of protein. So that's say, let's say that's 150 grams of raw weight. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that's where you're kind of looking at. And for some females that can be quite challenging to get that amount of protein in, mm-hmm. particularly like once that's fine, but then when you try to do it two, three, four times a day, that does become quite challenging. Other people that they'll inhale and they won't even notice that amount of food. Mm. So it is all relative to each person. The harder that you're training, you'll find that it does pull the food through and it does become easier to get that in. But a lot of the time, you know, we've talked about hard gainers in the past and a lot of the time why they may struggle is because they don't have big appetites and they don't have a big capacity to eat, you know, a a high volume of food. So it is different for every single person. But the key basics obviously is to have enough protein have the right type of protein, a mixture of different proteins because, you know, obviously your protein sources bring other things, not just protein. They do bring in different minerals and vitamins, even things like creatine in, you know, your red meats. So having a good mixture of those things provides all of the things that you need and then breaking them up into those smaller meals over the day. When you're trying to gain muscle, you also, you know, got you need to have excess calories. So aiming for around about somewhere between 300 and 500 calories extra per day over what you have been having. So one of the key things when you're trying to make a meal plan to gain muscle, you need to be a little bit realistic about what you were doing. Like say you're haven't you haven't been trying to gain muscle, you're kind of you've come into the gym, maybe been following a contest diet or maybe you've just been eating a little bit randomly, you need to maybe map out what you're eating or what you have been eating. So you know where to go from there. If you've had an unstructured diet and it's been a little bit random, it's going to be very hard to go and get a good meal plan to gain muscle because you don't know what your baseline is. So you may need to spend a week just eating consistently, not worrying too much about what it is you're actually eating, but just getting into that pattern of eating at set particular times or set number of meals per day, like going from three meals to five meals. Again, that's a new routine. That's a new habit. So you need to get some kind of baseline happening to then know, have I actually gone up 500 calories? Because if you're eating 1,800 one day, 2,500 the next, back to, you know, 2,200 and you're all over the place, then you need to kind of work out what your average is. Otherwise, it's very hard to get what um, an extra 500 calories looks like in your day. So that's my other thing is you need to have a baseline before you can go and create a meal plan. But in splitting, obviously, you know, your calories up into those four, five, sorry, five, six or seven meals, then same thing again, you might, some people like to have roughly the same amount of calories at every single meal. Myself, I like to have weight my meals so that the calories in my earlier meals are higher. And then as I get longer into the day or later into the day, they get lighter, mm-hmm. less calories in the meals. As long as I'm getting the same amount of protein, that I need, I try to keep that fairly consistent. The calories alter by how much carbohydrate and fats is with the rest of the meal. So that's one of the other key things is 
again, you've got to decide what works for you because everybody is different. Everyone trains at different times. Some people like to have a really big meal after they train or have a shake straight after, but then follow that up with a a big meal because they feel like totally empty and totally drained. Other people say they lose their appetite after they train. So you need to work with yourself and figure out when you are most hungry. And if you are trying to gain muscle, take advantage of those times when you are more hungry and actually put more calories into those meals so that you're not forcing yourself to eat food when you're not really wanting to eat food because that means it's really, really hard to stick on that type of plan. Mm. And obviously the idea is you want to gain muscle. So, Okay, well, yeah. let's let's rip into some of these questions. You probably covered them all, um, but these <laughs> we'll are the questions. These are the questions or the sub-questions that people are asking under what the best meal plan is. How much should I eat to build muscle? Yeah. So that's where, you know, as, as I said at the start, it becomes more about making sure you have the right amount of protein and the right amount of calories. How you mix up the belt. So if you, once you've got your protein sorted and we talked about, say, you know, 1 to 1.2 grams per pound, which relates to about 2.2 up to, say, 2.6, 2.7 grams per kilo, once you have your protein sorted out, you know what your daily protein needs to be. The second thing is you need to work out what is an increase of, say, three to 500 calories per day. Now, that's a nice... And that's part of the bulking process, isn't it? Yeah. Being above and obviously if people want to strip it back. But obviously this question is all about gaining muscle. Muscle, yeah. yeah. So you can gain muscle without bulking going into a heavy bulk. And that's what I was about. That's why that 300 to 500 is what I've picked because that's the extra calories that you need to actually synthesize muscle. Like... In some instances, and it's a very, very fine line, you can build muscle, be on a, I guess, an isocaloric diet. So it's basically where your intake is matching your expenditure and rely on the fact that you are going to draw those calories that you need to build the muscle. You'll be drawing that from body fat. And some people can do that. And I think that that's something where when you're very, very early on in the training piece, say you're a beginner, that actually happens quite successfully because, you know, my own story, when I first started training, didn't change my diet, didn't do anything particularly special, but, and my body weight stayed exactly the same, but my composition changed entirely. Like I I lost body fat, gained muscle, and that was without, you know, I wasn't mindful of too much other than the fact that I had started training. So in that early, you know, that first six months of training, your body's looking for the calories to fuel the the workouts that you're doing and then it draws that from the stored body fat and the protein that you're just naturally eating in your diet is going to fuel the muscle growth. So that totally is possible. Some people experience it in the competition prep phase as well where they'll come, you know, to start prepping for a show, be on a, you know, a, a negative calorie diet and still manage to increase their lean body mass and decrease their body fat. So it's totally possible, but it is a, a, a much more fine line between overtraining and burning muscle and not actually growing muscle. So a lot of people obviously do prefer to do it in their in the bulking cycle. And in that instance, 300 to 500 calories could be on the very conservative side. Like some people will go up to 1,000 extra calories per day to make sure that they are well and truly giving their body every opportunity to grow, recover, minimise injury, you, you get a lot stronger if you're carrying a little bit of extra fluid and getting a little bit of extra fat in your diet, carrying a little bit of extra body fat. So all of those things go along to better training sessions. Well, I think that leads into the, into the next question really, really well is what should I eat to build muscle? What should you eat to build muscle? So, so carry so, more fluid, what kind of foods carry more fluid? 
Um, is that your oats, your yeah, rices? Yeah, so, so this is yeah, so this is where yeah, probably getting to that in terms of saying the rest of those calories obviously need to get made up of either carbohydrate or fat. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a personal thing in terms of who wants to have more of a proportion of carbohydrate compared to fat, or who wants to eat higher fat. So essentially, have high fat, high protein, and lower carb. Now, again, carbohydrate, you know, for people who are heavily into their sport younger, and I'm going to say definitely, you know, if they're in that sort of under 35 bracket, you know, that the carbohydrates are so essential for them to fuel the workouts, fuel the muscle growth, spare the muscle, make sure all the protein's going to muscle growth and not being used as an energy source. As you get older, it flips a little and you can reduce your amount of carbohydrate and still get really good results. And I'm not saying eliminate, but you don't need to be at the extreme end that say someone who's a lot younger, your body just processes differently and you can, you know, rely on a little more fats, but you want to be still mindful of your health. So you don't want to go nuts and have a lot of, you know, saturated unhealthy fats or trans fats and things that are found in burgers and, and, you know, I guess fast food because that's what we call the dirty bulk. And that's when people are not really caring about where the food's coming from that is eating calories and knowing that through eating those excess calories, they are going to get more protein. Like if you went and ate extra calories, just eating chips, for example, no meat and just ate carbohydrate stacks and stacks of carbohydrate, you are going to struggle to build the muscle or build quality muscle. So there's a, there's a bit of a line. Obviously you go eat like, you know, a stack of pasta or something that has no meat with it. You are going to get the extra calories, but you're still going to have to make sure you have that protein. A lot of people, as you get older, you don't necessarily want to carry the extra weight, the extra body fat. So you kind of try to keep a little bit tighter in terms of what you're eating and you're making sure that the fats that you're eating are healthier. You're getting your fats from things like nuts and avocado and olive oil and all of the good stuff rather than just going out and going kind of crazy and just saying, okay, it's ice cream and it's peanut butter and it's this and that and just kind of throwing it all together. So very age dependent. The younger you are, the more your body can tolerate that. It will drop the fat quickly. It will burn and it almost seems like sometimes the more you eat, the more you burn, whereas that doesn't tend to happen so much as you get older. We experience that, it, um, you know, the body's a little bit more finicky and it can't tolerate just like a whole lot of excess calories. So it, it is a personal preference how you actually get those extra calories in. Some people do find it a lot easier to add extra fats because obviously, as we know, fat carries more than twice the amount of calories than what carbohydrate does. So it's easy to get those extra calories. MCT oil is really popular as well for something for people who are trying to bulk who struggle because it's a, you know it's a liquid or a powder that you can add into your food as well add it into your coffee, add it into your shakes, add it into different meals, get an extra 100, 200 calories that's going to go for fuel. What is MCT oil? Medium chain triglyceride. So it's it's a fat and without going too much into the chemistry of fats, basically fats exist in chains and like they have like three chains on a backbone of glycerol and they're short, medium and long is pretty much how we categorise them based on how many molecules is in, in the f- subsequent fats that are on those chains. So in medium chain triglycerides, they all sit between that 8 to 14, mostly in that sort of 12 to 14 range, and that's called that's a medium length. And essentially the way that the body breaks it down, it doesn't need to go through the full process that it does usually to then free that up for energy. So basically it has to split the the, the triglyceride off the glycerol so it has to split the glyceride off the, sorry, the glycerol is the backbone and it has to take the fat chain off of that to be able to utilise it. 
the longer ones takes a long time to break down and then redistribute it back out. The short ones, it's for the same reason, they're short, but they still have to get broken down in a different sequence. But the medium ones, it's that perfect size just to slot into our metabolic system. I do like the way you sort of like create these little oh. visuals with your hands. I wish everybody could see them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, the I'm creating, yeah, I'm creating the little glycerol backbone and the <laughs> the, cha- the chains hanging off of it to. Because um, when you get technical, it can be hard to follow, but the, the hand gestures help. <laughs> We need to have some little diagrams with it. Yeah. But essentially the the thing of an MCT is that it burns quickly, gives you the energy quickly, much like a carbohydrate, but it still has the energy content of a fat. So that's, I think, as technical as what people really need to know and understand. Controversy around these obviously is that they sit in that, they're saturated fat and they sit in that area where people kind of freak out because it can cause heart disease. But these fats have been researched and actually don't cause heart disease. They're mostly coming from palm and coconut oil, hence why coconut oil is so popular with keto dieters and just, you know, the general paleo and keto type of diets. I think it is that, you know, you'll see coconut fat used and that's because it is a that great fast-burning source or you buy an actual MCT oil, which is available. A lot of brands have them and that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you'll see it in the keto coffees and what do they call that? What's that famous coffee that people use, which is basically a, a big shot of fat and or people might even put butter in it and stuff like that. Sounds it's, disgusting. I know. I, was yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know if I could wake up to that. But, hey, people do it. People love it. Yeah, tr- traditional bodybuilders will mostly use rice, you know, pasta, rice, those type of foods, sweet potato uh, with their pro- with their chicken, with their fish, with their beef, very, very traditional, bring in some fats. And I do notice that bodybuilding diets do tend to be lower in the fat side of it. And then, you know, if they're trying to bulk and stuff, they may use full fat dairy products and, and get their fats in that way plus MCT oils. I see in modern, I want to say modern times, it sounds like we're from the Stone Age, but... I've been around for a long time in this industry, but in more recent years, uh, definitely I see a trend towards people using more fats mm-hmm. and, and less carbohydrates in that bulking phase. But And more so as people get older as well. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it, and it's something that even myself has found that my body just doesn't need the carbohydrate. Now, I two things it can be that I'm not training as intensely hard as what I was when I was younger and carbohydrates are definitely linked directly to that energy expenditure but at the same time it's it's whether it's you know years of getting efficient at how it utilizes its carbohydrates and fats uh even when i do a lot of you know cardio activity which should technically burn a lot of carbohydrate i don't feel that i need like i will um recover myself with my largest amount of carbohydrate after a cardio workout which i know burns a lot of carbs still doesn't seem to need as much as what it used to Mm. That's just a very interesting thing and I'm sure a lot of people are noticing that as they get older they are having to kind of switch that around. But when you're young, you can take advantage of the fact that your body will pretty much deal with anything that you throw at it and it will adapt to change very, very quickly. Like, you know, a small increase in calories or a small drop in calories can have a massive effect Um, as you get older. Those drops have to become somewhat larger and your body kind of just says, no, I'm not changing. Mm. So... It's, yeah, but that's like everything as you adapt and age, your body gets fitter and, and more efficient. Like that's the whole way the body's designed is to get more efficient. You're trying to grow muscle. You're trying to force it to do something 
over and above what it's supposed to do. It will do it, of course, but it's, you know, the body kind of likes to conserve and it'll become more efficient at doing something and and work out a better way or create a system within itself to kind of bring it back to the status quo. So you have to always keep on pushing and keep on, you know, bringing, bringing that in. And that's where, you know, people find it much more efficient just to bring those calories up and not try to sit on that knife edge of, have I got just enough to build extra muscle and just enough not to be gaining extra body fat. And then, as we said before, sometimes you get a better workout, better strength by bringing in extra fluid, having, you know, carrying that little bit of extra body fat so that your, you know, your strength seems to go up proportionately with that and obviously the stronger you are the more you're going to stress that muscle and create you know new muscle growth so everything ties in together it's like nothing can be done in isolation mm-hmm. and you if you want to optimize absolutely everything and then you know you want to optimize your energy for training you want to optimize your strength you want to optimize your recovery and calories carbohydrates play a big role in that and protein obviously plays a big role in the actual synthesis of synthesis of the muscle okay so the next question is can you gain muscle just by eating not well that's it that's very interesting because i don't believe that you're going to grow a lot of very like very successfully unless you are doing something which is causing your muscle to be stressed and recover mm-hmm. if you're doing like no weight training but you do start to do some type of physical activity then you will grow a little bit of muscle. But if you're just sitting on the couch and eating extra calories, no. Right. I think that's a fairly that's a fairly night. short. Yeah. I, th- I think <laughs> if it was, I think we'd all, well, no, because I love weight training, but I think a lot of people have tried it and it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. I can probably vouch for the fact <laughs> that it doesn't work, yeah. Yeah, there needs right. to be some type of stress um, put onto the muscle to create a need to repair and recover. And obviously the, the thickening of the, the muscle fibers and any increase in the muscle fiber size is obviously the, um, what's the, the result of that. So, mm. yeah. Okay. That's it. Thank you very much, Christine, for your wise words. No worries, Ash. Hopefully we covered off everything there. Actually, I have one little note down here, which okay. I didn't get to say, which I was meant to say was when you are trying to eat to gain weight, and obviously we're talking about fitting the volume of food in, don't go nuts on vegetables and fruits. Like they're a healthy part of the diet and do need to play a role in there. But if you are eating five, six, seven meals a day, don't think that you need to be eating a large volume of vegetables at every single one of those meals because that's where you'll struggle to fit things in. Like obviously very low bulk, sorry, low calorie dense foods when you're trying to fit calories in are kind of the opposite of what you want. So you want to have some for health because you always need to keep health at the top of your mind, you know, from a longevity perspective and just for, you know, again, all those things I talked about being able to function better, train better, you do train better when you're healthier but you don't need to keep filling your stomach up with very low calorie foods if you are one of those people that struggles to fit those things in. So I just wanted to add that to my note when we were talking about what to eat. It's also kind of what not to eat in terms of don't waste space, basically, in your stomach. Awesome. Cool. Thank you very much. No worries. Words of Wisdom. If you like what you've heard, leave us a review and recognise that these bodybuilding tips from International Protein, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal International Protein customer, the best supplements money can buy. So jump online, hunt down our product and hit that buy now button.